0: Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the podcast. This is your go-to place to receive the fresh revelation, fresh insight you need for the challenges you're facing, especially this year as we've all been going through different, different difficult seasons. But today I am so honored to have with me Sue Willis. She is an ordained minister and international speaker. She's an author and she's the founder of Beyond Survival Ministries. Currently, she serves as the president of the Abundant Life Ministry Center and Sue Willis Life Ministries Incorporated. I'll put all that in my show notes as well for you. She's frequently sought out to speak and minister at churches, conferences, and retreats in the United States and abroad. I had the privilege of ministering with her in Romania. We'll talk about that in a moment. She's ministered literally to thousands with conviction, passion, power. If you've never heard her speak, she is unforgettable. What a powerful anointed dynamite speaker. She's regularly invited to speak and minister in churches and women's conferences and retreats. And with more than 40 years of experience in ministry, she also finds great delight in designing specialized ministries and outreaches with local churches and women's ministries in mind. She developed the curriculum, A Time to Heal Beyond Survival, which is a ministry of hope, healing and restoration for women, teens, men, and anyone who are surviving or dealing with the after effects of all issues of abuse. This ministry has proven to be unparalleled in bringing restoration to survivors lives and has now reached an international level. She pioneered the Redemption Home Project in India, a mission to rescue young girls before they are sold into sex trafficking. Amen to that. In addition to India, she's also ministered in England, Africa, Romania, Kenya. We're going to talk about a couple of those places, El Salvador, the Dominican Republic. And as new opportunities arise, Sue and her team continues to travel in the United States and abroad. She lives in Pennsylvania with her husband, Chuck, the proud parents of Tamara. I know her as Tammy, Jamie, Michael, and Zachary. Presently, they have eight grandchildren and are growing. When at home- 10. grandchildren now, wow. She loves to spend time with her grandchildren. She enjoys hosting large family gatherings. She also enjoys meeting new people. Traveling the world and sitting down with friends in an endless bowl of chips and salsa. (laughs) All right, Sue, I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you, Angela. It's so good to be with you. Well, I had the privilege of ministering with you in Romania, and Mm -hmm. uh, you were so gracious. Guys, I was so sick. I had the worst sinus infection. I was like running a fever on the plane. You know, it's 18 hours or something to get there, and I was so miserable the first couple days, but I knew God call me to go, you know, sometimes we'll talk about it, Sue. Sometimes God calls us to do stuff, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be a cost to it and it's not going to require a sacrifice on our part. So That is so true. And I ministered with you many years ago, which is how Mm -hmm. we first met. And so I know I've had a front row seat to your ministry and have, have observed how God has been using you so powerfully. But for anyone who doesn't know anything about you, this might be their first time hearing the name Sue Willis. Tell us a bit about Beyond Survival Ministries, Sue Willis Life Ministries, and the heart behind why God even led you to create that.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Angela, I think it probably comes from uh, my beginnings with the Lord. When I first began, the Lord, I just had a major transformation. And that's a different story for a different (laughs) day. That's a story in itself. But when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I mean, I just was changed instantly. Hmm. His love, the love that he had for me, I never understood before that time. And I can, all I can say is, I was his and I was sold out. And one of the first things that I found myself ta- thinking and doing as a new believer was, I have to go tell. I hmm. have to go tell people about what happened to me and so my story was my beginnings of what jesus did in my life but i didn't realize that in time jesus was going to have me go and tell others all Mm. over the world of his saving and transforming power and i can share that because i experienced that in my own life and i love going and sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever he takes me whether it's the slums of India the bushes of Africa or on a platform in the US with thousands of women mm. his power is the same his love is the same and he loves every one of those avenues and mm. people so during that time I guess the best way I could share it is there's a scripture that always stood out to me and it was John 1010. And in John 10, 10, as we know, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, Mm -hmm, and destroy. destroy. Amen, yeah. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And the Lord allowed me to experience something young in my walk with him, where he taught me the difference between a trial and a robbery. See, I thought they were all the same, and that's a message in itself Hmm. as well. But let me just, to kick us off, he taught me that, you know, the Word of God says in this world, we're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. But remember his promise, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And mm-hmm. so I knew what was trials. Our listeners know what trials are. They're testing times. They're, they're, they're difficult situations and unpleasant experiences that we go through but it was the word robbery that stuck with me as a young believer. And I didn't quite understand back then, but I have come to understand that in our walk with the Lord, we do face trials, tribulations, and tests, but there are times that it's also robbery,
2: Hmm. something
1: that God's never wanted for our life or never intended. And let me just briefly share, so that our listeners, for our listeners, Robbery is the action of taking property unlawfully from a person or place by force or threat. And there's much more to be said about that. But God kind of caught me, captured me with that scripture and then the woman with the issue of blood. Hmm. We all know her story. But the thing that stood out to me along the lines of the robbery, if I could share it in this way, This is how God got my attention for ministry was the woman did everything she knew to do, but she couldn't, you know, get better. And as a matter of fact, we know that she grew worse, but it was her label over her life that stood to me as being an unclean woman. And then the transformation Mm. when she came to Jesus Christ and in that transformation, When we begin to read her story, we know she had a physical condition. But in the end, we see that Jesus not only touched her physically, it was a complete work. He touched Mm -hmm. her physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and even financially. That's true. And that at time, God deposited by his spirit something in me that I would grow into but he assured me there was nothing too difficult for him. Mm. When we have done everything we know to do and still can't find the victory, there is victory in Jesus Christ. So through that, again, I, can, I don't know how to share because it's been such a process, but Beyond Survival Ministries was developed. And simply what that means is what it says, Beyond Survival. Mm. Let's just women, teens, men, we learn how to survive in life. And right. I, I commend survivors of anything, whether it's abuse, surviving a bad marriage, surviving loss of a child. But John ten ten says, Jesus came to give us life and abundantly. And it's not his desire for us just to learn how to survive, mm. but he wants us to thrive. Right. And along the way, he deposits to us things like. Okay, this I've let come into your life to test, allow you to be tested, your faith to be tested. But there are other things that he allows to come into our life that are robberies. Mm. He wants to restore wow. that, what has been stolen. Mm. And so Beyond Survival Ministries is all encompassing in John 10, 10. And actually, our mission is to restore hope and transform. Form lives. And it's been an awesome journey. My beginnings, I like to say, were my children, then six little inner city girls in ministry that, that nobody really wanted to take on in our church. And I find myself raising my hand hmm. and saying, I'll take them. And from there, it's just gone one step to another in God where he's allowed me to be able to just encourage and share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever he leads me and wherever he takes me. Mm. And teaching and equipping and empowering those to learn how and giving spiritual tools not to just survive.
0: Mm. That's so good, Sue. I love that your vision is to see lives transformed. You know, it's it's yeah. the whole package. Like you said, I wrote about the woman with the issue of blood in Fearless. I mean, you're right. He restored her in every, he left no stone unturned in that restoration process. And I'm wondering as as these listeners are, are listening, maybe there's some that are younger, they're starting out, or they have a vision, they have a heartbeat for something that makes their heart race a little faster. That's a passion that God's giving them. And they want to be an international speaker. They want to advocate. They want to see all these things happen. But what you just said toward the tail end is you raised your hand and said, I'll do it. I'll take that on. And, and I love that you just, you just, you chose to make yourself available Mm -hmm. and there's a key component of how God wants to use us. We don't just start with a huge international platform, right? We start with baby steps of obedience and a posture of availability Mm -hmm. and that starting place for you, which I'm sure started even earlier than that, but that was one of your yeses, one of your obedience moments that led to many other obedience moments. So, I love the mission of Beyond Survival Ministries. I love what you're doing personally. Um, I want to talk a bit about a time to heal Beyond Survival, which is more of the arm of the curriculum that you've written. And uh, we had a day of training in Romania, and I know you do online training now with COVID. You're doing it online. You've been, you know, done trainings in churches. Who? What is this for? Who is this for? Who would benefit from going through the training and you know how, how does the, the curriculum, of Time to Heal Beyond Survival, what is your real goal that, uh, for people to go through that?
1: The uh, curriculum of A Time to Heal Beyond Survival actually is a ministry of hope, healing, and restoration for women and teens who have suffered from the trauma of rape, sexual abuse, or were victims of sex trafficking as well as other issues of abuse. When this Mm -hmm. ministry, God began to unfold and asked me, would I say yes to launching this ministry? And I might say it wasn't anything I sought to do. Mm -hmm. But again, it was one of my yes times where, okay, God, I'm going to trust you to do this. And it was birthed out of circumstances that were presented to me from someone else. And I think that's always good for our viewers and listeners as well, too. It's not the platform where we start, like you shared, Angela. Honestly, our stories are the beginning.
0: That's right. I
1: like to share that our stories are probably our greatest evangelistic tools that we could ever use when witnessing and helping others. But this ministry that God inspired me to develop was something I didn't seek, but he called Hmm.
0: me to do it.
1: And um, I simply said yes and would grow into that call. As and he for did.
0: anyone, not to interrupt you, but for anyone, because I've been studying calling a lot lately, yes. and I encourage women do what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm noticing some say, well, I don't know what he's called me to do. Mm-hmm. For your experience, what defined for us what that felt like for you to feel like, look, this isn't something I sought out. This was something God called me to. How could you tell he was calling you to that? Well, I had, he had me involved in women's ministries from
1: the very beginning, even at like with those six little inner city yeah. goals and work, you know, ministering in churches. And there came a time that I was, uh, became a volunteer at our pregnancy resource center, local mm. pregnancy resource center. And, um, during that time I was a volunteer and I was a counselor that helped Women in different struggles, and that's where I heard a lot of women's stories. Mm. They would come in with, you know, uh, the idea of getting a pregnancy test, but out of that, I would hear the stories of so many women. And a lot of those times, not a lot of those times, but fairly amount of those times, I heard the stories of women that were raped mm. and sexually abused and facing a pregnancy that they in no way ever <laughs> yeah. even dreamed what would that would happen to them let alone experience and I do say it like this the robbery oh of but course Yes, and what it had done to them so through the years and just the Lord using me there came a time that I actually was finished with volunteering and our executive director said Sue if we ever have a difficult situation can you call me And I said yes, that would be fine. But I was on to other. It was my season was up. So about two years later, I received a phone call from our local pregnancy resource center. It was the executive director, and she said, "Can you help us?" And I said, "What's you know? Let me know what's going on." And she said, "Well, we have a girl and her family in our center." She said, "And she was raped on campus. Hmm. This was a Christian family." She was raised in a Christian home and when she went off to college, she went through the trauma of rape and now they were seeking help for her because of the devastation that it had brought in her life. Mm. And she said, and she's deaf. And I said, okay, well, how can I help? And they said, would you come in and talk to the family? Mm. And again, for me, Angela, it's always been just yes I know for everybody, it's different, but for me, it was just saying yes. And God showed up Mm. every time I said yes, when it was obedience to him. And so I met with that family and to make a very long story short, I agreed to work with her. They had an interpreter, you know, a a deaf interpreter and it ended up within the next six weeks Eight calls came into the Pregnancy Resource Center concerning rape and abuse. Oh, wow. And would you see this girl, Sue? Would you see this woman? And one day, I remembered I cried out to God and I said, God, I don't have enough hours in my day to see these women. Hmm. All of these women, there's got to be an easier way. That literally came out of my innermost being. And from there, God would tug at my heart. Again, it's a story in itself. Out of that came, within a very short time, and I share this in my curriculum, you can read it there, was the ministry, and it was designed as first as a small group ministry for Mm. the local church and different Christian organizations so that they could meet with women. You know, there's something awesome about small group and hearing what others have gone through and it has not stopped what began is our first small group session we had five different women from five different denominations represented in that we had our leadership team in place and i've not stopped since then Mm. that was 2007 and god has just taken that to what i thought was just going to be a resource for the local church to an international ministry that it is today. And this curriculum is being used in the local churches and Christian organizations. It's a tremendous outreach and it's, it's a ministry to survivors of rape
0: and sex trafficking. And you actually use it to train, let's say a lay person in the church, like myself or someone else um, who would then facilitate this small group. Basically it gives yeah. them an opportunity to multiply you so that you don't have to be at every single one and it it really takes this intimidation factor away from churches. You feel like number one we're way past the point of acting like it's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. And any of these right. cultural issues of injustice right. or race or sex abuse or whatever it might be, like we're done not having the conversation. We all know it's out there. So it's a matter of how do we address it? How do we educate? How do we see change? And you you really put yourself on the front lines to say, I've got to put a tool and a resource in people's hands so that now churches can feel equipped. We don't need to bury our head in the sand or to to kind of ignore it out of even fear or into, I I don't know, I don't have the right tools. Like there are tools and this is a wonderful tool to provide. Am I saying that right? A a wonderful resource for churches.
1: Absolutely. And you know, those women and men, we actually designed it for men as well, but they're sitting in our churches, Angela. Absolutely. I've ministered to pastors, pastors, wives, missionaries, even in other countries that, they had that in their past and how just even carrying that many of them struggle with if someone found out about me mm. think differently of my ministry mm. would they think partly of my husband and the truth is is god doesn't call us to tell everybody our stories but jesus wanted greater freedom for that's them. good And, you know, I'm reminded again of the woman with the issue of blood. Let me just briefly share this with you. You know, she was considered unclean. She actually had to call that out Mm. whenever she was in public. Well, there's a, 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 when she came to Jesus, even though she had the tenacity and the love to touch the hem of his garment, she even had the faith to believe that if we read closely in the scriptures, the Bible says she came from behind. That's right. And you know, I remember the first day I read that, I thought that's what shame does. That's right. That's what guilt does. That's what condemnation does. That's what silent pains of, of let's just say, rape and abuse and being a victim of sex trafficking. Even though women may be sharing they came from that, there's that place inside where they're actually still coming behind to Jesus. hmm. And you know, Jesus called that woman face to face. Remember in the end of her story, he said, who touched me? Mm. Who touched me? He said, and the Bible tells us that she came with fear and trembling and knelt before him mm. and told him the whole truth. That's, that's the words out of scripture. Mm. Look at our personal God. He loved her enough that he didn't want her to just go away with the physical healing. That's right. He wanted her to have that emotional transformation where she didn't feel like she had to become behind in her relationship with him or anyone else. And so I've heard these stories for years. Mm. And I think the greatest thing of a time to heal that I could share is we don't dig. Hmm. We don't, A Time to Heal does not dig into the past and bring up all that has happened. We talk about it, but A Time to Heal was birthed to allow a a moving forward Mm. with faith and healing. And that's one of the, the, um, I would say, the strengths of this ministry. Because many come and say, do I have to tell my story again?
2: Mm.
1: And you know, no. We don't. Jesus wants to give us a divine exchange in exchanging our story for what He has done for us. That's and that's good. what that woman went away telling and sharing. And that's with those that come through the time to heal. Leaders, it's asked to me often, do you have to have had rape or sexual abuse in your life to train? No. You just need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's right. Believe in the word of God. And he's just kind of given us an eight-week journey that we can share with leaders along the way. And any individual who desires to minister to survivors of rape, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, sexual assault, or human trafficking. And the training's also open to pastors, lay ministers, certified Christian counselors, psychologists, and psychiatrists, Hmm. and all have taken this leaders wow. training in those areas wow so powerful Sarah.
0: that brings greater transformation that's right mm-hmm. that's right and i thinking back to the woman with the issue of blood who think about that we don't even know her name she's literally defined right. by a label right, right? and you talked right. about that earlier her whole identity is a label of, of her stigma of yes. what she was known by and jesus called her daughter Mm -hmm. you know, and I wrote there, I remember writing in fearless, like some people would question, well, why did he have to call her out? Why couldn't he just heal her and move on his way and embarrassed her? And, and Mm -hmm. it was a revelation. God said, I didn't, I didn't ask her who healed me to, to shame her. I asked it to free her. And that's what you're saying. He comes to give us freedom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sometimes we have to face that thing head on. Like she did. She had to come Mm -hmm. and face him. But when we're facing Jesus, we're in a, we're in the best of hands in that situation. So I'm going to put about that in the show notes for people who want to know more about it, how they can find it. But I want to talk for a minute. Um, I don't want our time to go without making sure that we talk about um, the Redemption Home Project. I know oh, you've yeah. seen here hidden miracles over and over in that in, in the story of that. I know we can't go through all of it, but I want to know some things about what God did there, I know God has continued that work in Kenya, and even just how how we can take away from that, how God can use even the wilderness seasons to see the miraculous in our own life. So, talk to us a, a little bit about your heart for the Redemption Home Project.
1: Well, the Redemption Home uh, the Redemption Home Project actually happened in two thousand and it began in two thousand and eight, and it was a time of unrest and persecution. Only a select group of the India ministry team could take the risk of walking through the slums. Now, what, let me just give you a little bit with that. At that time, our trip almost got canceled. I was mm. not part of the leadership team. I was invited in to speak at the women's conference and asked what I do, my message on the woman with the issue of blood in the slums for the mm. slum women. And of course, again, it was yes. You know, did I know what I was going to say? No, it's that. it's that obedience. And then he's faithful. And so the planning and the preparation for that trip became very unrestful because there were bombings and persecution that started to happen in India. And to make a long story short, I know I say that because I could tell, you know, there's so many stories I could tell, sure. but they were ready to cancel our trip. And the leadership had been praying and felt that God said, no, this team needs to come. Now, I was the new girl on the block on the team. First time I was ever going to another nation. Wow. I went, and when we got there, there were certain things canceled. And one of my speaking times was canceled, and it was the one in the slums. And Angela, honestly, when I would be praying at home and preparing to share the message about the unclean women of the Bible because the slum ladies were considered untouchable. Oh, wow. It was, I couldn't wait to get there. I See, I still choke up when I say I couldn't wait to get there. And even though I was speaking in the women's conference, which I was so excited about, and to pastors and pastors' wives, there was something about going into those slums that got a hold of my heart. Hmm. And so when I heard that that was canceled, I thought, oh, father, you know, but I would learn through that time that God's plans are never thwarted. They just don't always look and come wrapped up in the way we think that they should. Hmm. And so I spoke in the women's conference and after we were finished, that one was still going on the leadership team was going to travel into the slums and i got back on the bus with the other ladies on the team i was a team member and Mm -hmm. so we were sitting on the bus waiting and i had just spoke at the conference and you know speaking in another country for your first time that's a challenge and so we're waiting on the bus and we knew that the other leadership team was going to go visit into the slums the pastor missionary of that ministry and I don't share names because of the sensitive of of India so um, I saw him coming to the bus and he walked up on the bus and he said Sue will you come with me and bring your things
2: Hmm.
1: and I turned to my friend next to me and I said oh no did I say something wrong in the (laughs) conference. And of course, it was, you know, I had this feeling of like going to the principal's
0: uh, office. office, Yeah. Yeah,
1: I couldn't understand what I may have done, but that was my first thought. Well, it ended up that I was invited to join the leadership team. Pat, the pastor and his wife said when they were getting ready to leave, the Lord spoke to them to invite me.
0: Hmm.
1: And so I just simply yielded, went um the leader of our team was there Ruth who I love dearly and oh,
0: Ruth Paleo, yes, I Ruth say Paleo that. <laughs> yes
1: and her and I are love her
0: them, yes
1: but I said Ruth what's going on she said they felt to invite you well that would be the beginning of a divine appointment that I mm. had no idea that God was about to do and so we went and when we went into those those slums we were introduced to a family who had recently lost their only son and he was only six years old and as we all crowded into their four by six foot home god with a dirt floor god used a hug and a a hug and a prayer to bring emotional healing to a grieving woman and in the name of jesus her little girl was healed. When we went into the home, we were told, you don't touch anybody. You couldn't touch. And of course, that we really weren't supposed to share. Mm-hmm. And so this woman had lost her six-year-old son. He was the first child in their school for children. And he died when she was in the hospital giving birth to her, I believe her second child.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so he was buried before she ever came home and she simply ended up being what I was staring into the eyes of a grieving mom mm. i remember that they had asked us to pray for her so the team gathered and prayed and as everyone bowed their eyes and cl- bowed their heads and closed their eyes i couldn't help but look into the woman's face and the, the angela the, the 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 this numbness the blankness that was inside of her And so yet I'm feeling compassion, but then I could get, I felt an unction and impression of the Lord when they're finished praying. I want you to hug her. And I said, well, father, I said, I can't hug her. We were asked not Mm. to touch them. And he said, Sue, I want you to ask leadership. If you can hug, ask for permission and see how God leads whenever Mm. he has something. So when they were finished praying, I looked and I said, may I hug her? And the missionary said, yes. Mm. I leaned over and I hugged that woman and she fell into my arms. And as I held her, a sobbing and a weeping came from the depth of her being. And the Lord showed me, Sue, I am removing years of grief. Wow. She has had pent up inside and so God was doing the work after I was finished praying with her and holding her, she made a motion and they would wave their hands. We came to learn in India and that meant my child too, my child too. Hmm. And the missionary said she wants you to bless her child. Well, there was a man holding another little girl that was about 18 months old at the time. Her name was Kanika, And I noticed that her arm held tongue limp. Okay. So when I went to pray for her, this was one of the miracles in the mess, right? Mm -hmm. Persecution, bombings all around us, uh, going into the slums. And God relieves a grieving woman of years of pent up grief. And then when I go to pray for the little girl, he said, I want to heal her. Wow. And I said, Jesus, show me how to pray then. Mm. And all I can say is he led me through that. I laid my hands on her arm, and I looked up into the little girl's face, and she looked at me, and then I just said, in the name of Jesus, little girl, be healed, and nothing happened, hmm. and then the Lord said, Sue, move your hand, and so I kind of you know, would open and close my hand and look up at her and smile, and the next thing you knew, that little girl would move her hand, oh, just wow. like I was doing. Then, I mean, this is even documented. This is a very true story. And then the Lord said, now lift your hand and raise your hand. And as I did that, the little girl would look at me. Then she would look, but the power of God was present to heal Mm. her. And she, when she saw me lift my arm, she lifted her hand. And needless to say, praises to our God came out at that time as we all got to watch him Restore a grieving mom's heart, heal a little girl. But yet there was going to be divine purpose beyond even that day. Remember I said I wasn't meant to, wasn't scheduled to go in, but God had a plan. Mm. And so glorious time. I didn't get to speak to the women in those slums, but I got to minister in the name of Mm. Jesus and with the team. And it was just so precious. Well, two years later, when we went back to India, and that was February of 2010, I inquired about how little Konica was doing, the little girl that Mm. Jesus had healed. And I came to find out, and I was informed that Konica's parents, financially unable to feed and care for their daughter, had sold her. Oh, so. However, God spoke to those pastors and missionaries that we were working with to buy her back. And so they had bought her back. And I remember when I heard that story, it just broke my heart. Mm. And I was so happy that they were able to buy her back. And of course, had questions to how this happened. Well, on that trip, they took us back into the slums. Again, just a few of us. And I got to see Konica grown up and healed. And it was at that time that a word went forth about what God wanted to do. Out of her life and the lives in those slums, Hmm. and it was um, it was a word from the Lord. And so, a year later, I didn't know what it what it was going to be. Those missionaries came to the U.S. and they asked, could they meet and speak with me? And when I said yes, I met with them, and they shared their heart about the desire to want to see a home established rescuing little girls before they were sold into sex and human trafficking in India. And again, Angela, for me, I found myself saying, yes, what will it take? Amen. It was just one step at a time. And so in my obedience, again, just saying yes, coming alongside of those missionaries, not knowing how it was going to work. and God get a holding of my heart, the redemption home was birthed in that place. And that's what they said, Sue, name it. And that was it. Wow. It was, you know, just the story of redemption and Jesus redeeming these young girls and bringing, you know, take, bringing them into a place that they could live safe and secure. And it it took a lot for that to happen. And actually all of that happened in a wilderness time in my own personal life as well. Mm. But nonetheless, God's plans weren't thwarted. God had greater plans than me speaking in the slums. Mm. And it wasn't me that built the home, honestly, Angela. From the very beginning, I realized I needed to contact others, understanding from the beginning that although Beyond Survival Ministries was called upon to pioneer that project, it would only be through the combined efforts of many churches, businesses, ministries, organizations, and individuals that sufficient funds would be raised to bring that redemption home. Mm-hmm. And within nine short months, land was purchased. I can remember the day taking the 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 cash in a box and presenting it to the slum lord of oh. the who- We were purchasing, you know, this land from, Wow. but it was that day that it came back to me. Oh my goodness. We're not just purchasing land. We're taking back what the enemy had
0: stolen. Wow. Wow.
1: So needless to say, a redemption home was built that can house 35 little girls. Presently, there are girls living in the home. They continue to live there. Mm. And um, during COVID, we have lost some, a few sponsors, which we understand. But Beyond Survival Ministries sponsors these girls mm. and takes care of them, continues. And here's the beauty, Angela, of this piece of not only just redeeming them and, and get taking them off the streets, but these little girls end up living in a safe home. Being introduced to Jesus, learning about Jesus, go into a Christian school. When they graduate, they can become teachers in the school and even go on to Bible college. Wow. So it's 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 actually an ongoing story. There's so much to tell, but again, it's miracles, I would say, as you refer to in the messiness of life. And our thing, I believe, for all of us is. We can't get stuck in the mess. That's right. If I told you the messy things that happened, let me just share this: building a home and pioneering a home for those little girls in the Redemption Home. During that time, my husband was diagnosed with four-stage cancer. Oh wow! I didn't he was know that. Not expected to live. He was not able to work at that time. We owned two homes. Hmm. And through all of that, we lost our homes and the devil would come and say, Oh, you're, you're pioneering a work in
0: India. You're building a home for someone else,
1: someone else. And, yeah. and God's taking your wow. home. Wow. God didn't take our homes. He no. allowed it. But I shared that briefly to say that I knew God had called me to a work and no matter what he allowed us to walk through during that time and even in that seven-year wilderness time, I, I ended up coming out of that, and God restored my husband to total health. We do have two homes again. It took years later, but he gave back. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, "I came that you may have life and have it abundantly." I could have just survived that wilderness time while God was increasing the ministry, but he called me and my family beyond survival as well. And that's the message Mm. that our ministry and I love to take again, whether it's in the bush of Africa or somewhere else, despite the issue or the hurt, the brokenness or the loss that Jesus brings restoration and ultimately we'll experience a total restoration.
0: Mm. Wow. So powerful, Sue. Some of that I've never heard before. So thank you. I know we could talk for hours about all your stories, and but I'm going to have you pray over our listeners in just a second. But I know some people that are listening, they're going to want to sponsor. They're going to want to know how they can partner with you. So tell us, I know it's beyondsurvivalministries.com, correct? Right. And right. Sue Willis Life Ministries Yes, is that right. the best places they can find you, connect with you, and your resources, and how to partner with you financially? That's the best connect. And Beyond Survival
1: Ministries is dot org org Okay.org. Sue Willis Life Ministries is uh, com, and okay. they can visit both. Uh, you know, either one, but um, we would love. To, you know, if someone's interested in being sponsor, uh, being a sponsor, or would like to hear more, or would like to hear about the trainings on how they can train and take this ministry into their church, their organization, even their country. We are training leaders now. Angela, you were a part of the training in Romania. National leaders are being trained how to bring this piece of healing and restoration to survivors, and we minister far beyond to issues of abuse. It's really any issue that someone is dealing with. So I am personally available to take phone calls. Our phone number is 888-868-3603. I can be reached at extension one, and I
0: you know, would love to share more. And listen, if you're listening today and you are a survivor of abuse, if any of this is resonating, you know that you, you're ready for the healing that God is offering. It's there for you, right? So it's there for, he wants him to live free. I I cannot encourage you enough to reach out to Sue. She is the real deal through and through. Her ministry is the real deal. I know sometimes we hear about things, should I give to this? Should I, it's just credible. She's she is as credible as it comes. She's backed. She's she's just such an amazing woman of God. And if you want to provide training for your churches, your organizations, we're in a new season in this country. We're in a new season in our world. All of us who are going to come out of this 2020 year, I think you're going to see almost some post-traumatic stress disorder you know, from the United States and even from other countries where we are just almost living from crisis to crisis. And if you're not equipped for that, even if we are, it takes its toll emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So all of us can benefit. I, I encourage you go on beyond life Ministries.com. You can find out more about the Redemption Home Project, how you can partner, how you can sew into their lives So Sue, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for just, just depositing as you can hear. She is a wealth. You've only skimmed the tiny little surface. So if you want to have her come speak once we're open again, uh, bring her in, she's doing online webinars and things as well. So, you know, she's making herself available Uh, even give you a number you can reach out to. Maybe even right now you've just finished listening and you say, I I need to act on this. I know God. Just as she's been saying, give God your yes. Just say yes and and watch what he's going to do. So thank you so much, Sue, for being with us today. And I just want to invite you to pray for us as we kind of close out our time together. If there's anything else you want to say to our listeners.
1: Well, Father God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you for Angela, God, and her ministry, and I thank you for the invitation to just share what you're doing in our ministry at Beyond Survival Ministries. And Father, I pray specifically for those out there today that may be going through a very hard time and find themselves in life just struggling struggling whether it's been rape sexual abuse they were a victim of sex trafficking just surviving a marriage surviving in life and not coming to that full place of living the abundant life that you have for them i pray that you touch them in a special way today lord that you would release hope let hope arise in their hearts again and just Walk them through, Father God, however you see fit, that place of transformation that only you can give by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage those out there that um, are leaders and pastors and ministers, and you desire to come alongside of those that are hurting, that you will seek this ministry as well and train and learn how you can be an instrument of healing into the hearts and lives of brokenness and hurt and loss. Jesus, we thank you and we praise you that you who began the good work and of us promise that you will be bring it to completion. And we give you thanks and praise for the transforming love and power of God that is available to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: So much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Denadio BOV and Instagram at Angela Denadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode until next week let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments